Good morning and welcome to the June 12th, Saturday morning edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kirk Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we are pleased to announce that we have a very special guest with us today that's going to be taking part in some discussion. Uh, Jimmy Cochran, a friend of the family for well over 30 years, former staff member of several of your churches, Pastor, and uh, uh, a man of God who's not afraid to rightly divide the word of truth. And so we're glad to have him with us today uh, during our discussion on uh, our last segment, our four-part segment of the great perversion of the church we laid out. Uh, via the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah and, and, and others, but especially Jeremiah, uh, what was going to be happening in the church. And we went to the New Testament and backed that up uh, with some, some obvious signs of apostasy and a falling away, uh, which we uh, need to discuss in plain, clear language. And I think we're, we're going to be doing that this segment. So, uh, folks... Uh, just a fair word of, of warning here. You may hear some language, uh, some plainer language than you'll ever hear from a pulpit these days uh, or from any of your hierarchical church denominational leadership. Uh, Spoiler alert. In speaking, <laughs> in speaking out, yes, indeed, in speaking out against with no uncertainty uh, speaking out against the unmitigated evil that exists in the camp of the Lord right now, an evil that we have allowed to flourish, and uh, we need to start speaking out against it very plainly and clearly, and that's the object of today's uh, session. So we're going to get to it here pretty shortly. Um Pastor, you gave me a book to read uh, the other day. Uh, it's part of a three-part series. Uh, Gary Gilly wrote it called This Little Church Went to Market. Uh, and, and the subtitle is, Is the Modern Church Reaching Out or Selling Out? And uh, I, I read most of it. Uh, a lot of it he writes in agreement with stuff that I wrote in my book about, about guys like Rick Warren and and Brian McLaren, and what the church today is actually doing is not reaching out. It is selling out to what? Let's discuss that today here pretty quick. And uh, it's part of a three-part series. What? What's the other two books? This Little Church Had None. This Little Church Stayed Home. This Little Church Stayed Home and This Little Church Had None. Yeah, that's a three-part series. Uh, this Little Church Went to Market. This Little Church Stayed Home. And this little church had none. Yeah. Gary Gilly. Great stuff. Pick it up and read it. Uh, you, you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll recognize a lot of the apostasy uh, and heresy that we see in the church today. I, I think it'll be obvious to you. Yeah, Jim. Given your understanding of those books, Pastor Chamberlain, would you say that at this point in our churches here in this country, because of the pandemic, we are this little church stayed home? We're my, and uh, that's got a lot to do with it, and it's an excuse, uh, which uh, should not be tolerated. So the question is, what 
has happened to the church? And why has it happened to the church? Uh, the big question for me is, we know, according to Scripture, that there's going to be a falling away from the gospel. Mm -hmm. The Christ-centered gospel. Okay, We know God has said it's going to happen. It's prophetic. And we've seen it happening. Uh, my question is this. How much further can we fall? How close are we to hitting bottom? In my opinion, I mean, we're letting transgendered people take the pulpit. We're letting gays and lesbians and, and women take the pulpit. All, all of those things fly directly in the face of Scripture. The scriptural requirements, guidelines, and qualifications. All of those things that I just mentioned are happening at an ever-alarming rate in mainline Christian denominations these days. The Methodists, the Lutherans, the Catholics, uh, you name it. The, the Southern Baptists are even doing it, for crying out loud. Why? When it's so obviously uh, in contravention with every scripture that, that, that is in the Bible. Yeah. Why is it happening? And I, the, the question I want to pose to you both is, how much further can we possibly fall away? Or is the falling away complete? Take it away, guys. Let, let, let me go first, since uh, since I have the most seniority here at the table. <laughs> preach, preach, brother. Yeah, preach. Okay. <laughs> uh, Curtis, we went through the, a lot of Old Testament scriptures in our last two sure half-hour podcasts. A lot of Old Testament scriptures that prophesied uh, this very thing that we're talking about, and and it's it's coming to fruition. Uh, yes, we're hitting, uh, uh, I want to say rock bottom, but at the bottom, there's no rock because the rock is Jesus Christ and we've strayed from him. Yes. And, uh, and what happens is, um, as Jim mentioned before we went on the air, uh, the part of the problem is that we have pansies in the pulpit. Whoops. Now, if you're listening, pastors. Yeah, that's not the uh, floral. I'm sorry. I don't like it either. But here's what's going on. We're giving people, we're feeding people what they want rather than what they need. Let, let, me, let me take you to Hebrews uh, chapter, chapter 5. It says this. Um, um, let me go to chapter 5. Verse eleven: Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to, and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Mm. So his audience was dull of hearing. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Oh now. Now, I'm going to continue reading this scripture, but here's here's how, uh, how how things should go. Believer, you should go from maturity, as being born again, to milk. Now, why milk? 
because you don't have adult teeth yet. And from milk, you go to meat. That sounds like a progression. We're not supposed to stay on the nipple, Pastor? That's exactly right. <laughs> Throw out the pablum. And it, and it goes on. And, and from meat to maturity. Yep. It says this. And it says, uh, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Mm. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both, both good and evil. And yeah. you ain't going to get to that point with a constant and an infinite amount of milk. So preachers, I mean, why did preachers decide to give them the milk? Because that's what they wanted. They see babies cry. Oh, you mean cries like the gospel's not inclusive enough. The church is, is too restrictive. Yeah. Where? Yeah, you're too where? too legalistic. Where? Okay. Yep. It's too hard to do. Where? Oh, here, here this, uh, you're right. But let, let, let's here. Take the nipple. Here's some milk. Shut up. That's what, sir. That's what we're doing. Keep yourself. Would you just knock that off, and See? we'll give you what you want? Okay. Now, it sounds like you and I are going to war with this thing. Now, now, we called. We, Jim, we, we, we talk. We talk about you in, in this kind of a term. Kurt calls you Jim the Bellicose. Yes. Right. My, and, Jimmy the Bellicose. Yeah, My communication style has style has been referred to as blunt force trauma. That's there right. you go. Yeah. That's right. And so, and we, we call Jim that because he's not afraid to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and, right. go, and go to battle with anything. Oh, and right. as we're sitting here, and I'm yeah. reading the stuff on his t-shirt that he's wearing, he, it, it talks about being a warrior. It certainly does. Now, we don't have any warriors Many in pulpits today. Because we can't get them to move past the milk onto the meat and then to maturity. That's right. And then unfortunately, and, it, and, I'm, and I'm so blessed and thankful for the opportunity to be here, but it seems like in my personal experience within the workplace, within the secular community and within the, within the churches, that it's just not, it's just not something that's, uh, that's popular and it's going to be considered divisive. And those of us who are taking these things seriously have, that have reached to maturity many times don't have the audience at all because now, the young people want to stay on the milk. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that, it's true. Yeah, it's true. That's 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 great. By the way, um, and since we want to be very scriptural, and Jim's looking up scriptures even as we speak, and so is Curtis. And uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about a few things from 1 Corinthians. When Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he wrote this letter yeah. because this was the lousiest church in the bunch. <laughs> it had some problems. Corinthians. Yeah. Corinthians is a book of correction. Correction. And, and you are correct, sir. And and it says here, um, oh, let's, let's start off with it in the middle of his tirade against the now the Corinthians, he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, 
nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say this, and such were some of you, but, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, listen, believers, are you in the kind of church that has these people as members and, and, uh, and prominent people? Listen, find a church if you can. Jimmy, we, I'm going to talk about a guy that we both know. I'll just give his first name. Uh, we don't do this last name stuff, but his first name is Lucas, and you know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. We talked on the phone just recently, and he started a small family church on Sunday mornings in his home, and here's why. He said, I cannot find a good, fundamental, Bible-believing, soul-winning church. He said, where would I go? Now, that's sad, isn't it? Have you ever felt that way, Jim? Yes, on more, on more than one occasion. Yeah, and uh, and he and and you can speak up even more well, if you want. Well, re regards regards to the falling away that 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 your men are focused on, and your and the perversion of the church. Um, one of the things that it's encouraging to me is that we serve an omniscient God, and this is, comes as no surprise to him. And I'm thinking specifically of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20 when he was walking away and telling the, 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 the congregation, the elders, I take in verse 26, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That means that the meat, not just the milk, uh, gentlemen. Um, then 28 says, take heed therefore unto yourselves. Who? Who? The, the, the leaders. And to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to what? Feed the church of God, which he's purchased with his own blood. He's bought the church with his blood. He's commissioned us to feed the church. The question is, are we doing it? And the answer is generally, no, uh-uh, it's not happening. So that, but, but anyway, the point that I was going to make is actually in verse 29. There's the hints of the apostasy right there while Paul was still on earth. Yep. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Not sparing the flock. Also, not just sneaking in, also your own selves, also of your own selves from within shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And that's we, a big part of the problem. We've kind of arrived, haven't we? Not oh, just kind of. So. We have very arrived, and you're right. You're so, right. so I got a question, Pastor. All right, and Jim. Uh, <laughs> when we see this kind of stuff, should we be angry about it? Um, or, or, or... Well, not, not if it offends anybody, Curtis. Oh. You don't want someone to be offended. No. If you speak passionately uh. about God's word, you're liable to push somebody away. Yeah, yeah. We need to be more God-like, they say. You know what the psalmist said? God is angry with the wicked every, every day. day. Hmm. Of course, the book of Ephesians then tells me to be angry and sin not. Let not angry? the sun go down on your anger. I, so, so I, I go to sleep without being angry. 
I wake up in the morning and see what's going on in the world and the lack of good, strong, Holy Spirit-filled scriptural preaching is almost totally missing from our congregations today. Yeah. So if we get angry about it, speak up this way, in this manner about it, yeah. are we doing are we doing this the scriptural way? How how loving would it be if we kept our mouth shut and said nothing? That's the point I want to get to. That's and, and you're exactly that, right. Jeff. That's the point I want to get to. We have allowed we, we, and when I say we, I mean the body of Christ as a whole, the church, we have allowed this to happen by turning a blind eye. Uh, and if not turning a blind eye, at least the one that works, we've been winking. God help us. Yeah, and that's we've true. been winking at, and I think Spurgeon, uh, in fact, I'd like to read it right now. Spurgeon said something, um, wrote something about this very thing. Well, now, back in that day when Charles Haddon Spurgeon was struggling with the, the liberal shift away from the foundational truths of the faith, they had a thing that was referred to as the downgrade controversy. Yeah. Pastor, was that? Do you know a little bit about the down? And, and he was at the forefront of that battle to stand on the truths of God's word, correct? That's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I love reading Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Um, and, and we uh, and he is a great example to what preachers ought to be today and 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 the preachers are not the, the, the London Tabernacle where he preached without a PA system had thousands of people that came to hear his preaching and I think he had to expand probably because of a parking problem to have several <laughs> services yeah. on Sunday morning that's right and he was giving them steak every service from the pulpit so was. guess what mega church member you can use god's word to grow your flock as well so if you think that we're being vitriolic about this think again let me let me tell you let me read you something that charles haddon spurgeon himself wrote this was back in the 1800s and and that that's proof that the falling way was occurring then too yeah, sure and and he was worried he was scared of it he was he was angry about it he said, as evil is in the professed camp of the Lord, so gross in its impudence that the most short-sighted can hardly fail to notice it. During the past few years, it has developed at an abnormal rate, even for the evil. It has worked like leaven until the whole lump ferments. The devil has seldom done a cleverer thing than hinting to the church that part of her mission is to provide amusement and entertainment for the people with a view to winning them mm, programs perhaps from programs. speaking out as the puritans did the church has gradually toned down her testimony then winked at and excused the frivolities of the day and then she tolerated them in her own borders now she has adopted them under the plea of reaching the masses, end quote. Let's see. Does that sound like something that's far different from what we're seeing today? I think not. I think it's exactly the same thing. 
Yeah. And I, I do sounds too. to me like he was pretty ticked yeah. off about it. Yeah, let, 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 let me echo uh, Spurgeon's. I, I'm not a Charles Spurgeon, I'm, but I am a Bible believer with a pretty loud voice. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, Jimmy. He has a remarkable flair for the understatement, yeah. doesn't he, Jim? Jimmy's being more quiet than I thought he would. But anyway, <laughs> it says, Paul says, I wrote unto you in an epistle not to accompany with fornicators. Mm. He said, yet, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world or the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, for you must needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard, an extortioner with such a one, know not to eat. Don't be sitting next to them at the potluck after church. Good yeah. grief. He says, for what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do, do not ye judge them that are within? And the answer is probably not. Judgment will start with the house. But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Now, yeah. So th this is these are things that you have been reading, Jim's been reading, I've been reading, all from the scriptures, dealing with the, the grace age church, which began to deteriorate rather rapidly. Oh, a lot of people were being saved, but they weren't being sanctified. A lot of people were being sanctified, but they, they were not growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul was called, because God knew that he was going to do it. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there seems to be um, um, churches that, that either are strong on one of those or, or, or the other. They, a lot of churches are really strong on evangelism and sharing the faith. But then once they've got people saved, they can't lead them on to meet and maturity. Then we've got the other churches that are really strong on the discipleship and they got a lot of meat and they really understand their doctrine, but they're sharpening up their doctrinal swords for other brothers and sisters and have grown cold towards evangelism. And we really have to have both to meet the Great Commission, not just not just one or the other. Agree. So let me let me ask you this question. It is if you have a mega church, if you're the pastor of a mega church, you, you've got four, five, 10, 20,000 members. Yep. Like Rick Warren Saddleback Church out in California. Is that in an indication that you're doing things right? Nope. I would agree 100%. Um, the, the numbers are not, are, are not specifically what we're looking at. And besides that, I don't have the job to, to build the church. Jesus Christ himself said, I oh. will build my church. So I think Jesus is the one who can focus on the numbers. What I need to do is pay attention to the way he set the disciples straight in Acts chapter one. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, but you shall be my witnesses. And then we, he went on to give the great commission. So I'm not worried about, uh, about growing numerically. I'm worried about people that are within my sphere of influence, understanding the clear, accurate urgency of the gospel message. That's right. So and, and then you, I can lead them on to maturity from there. So would you rather have an army of 300 meat-fed warriors, hard, battle-trained, battle-tested, 
guys that know how to get the job done the right way the first time, or would you rather have an army of 25,000 that are still on milk? Pavlov suckers. What would you rather have? I'm going to have to go with the one that has grown to meat and maturity, and he's the one that when, when uh, he says to me, here, Jimmy, here's a squirt gun. We're going to charge hell. And I'll say, yes, I'm with you, brother. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that that our newly tra uh, ordained transgender bishops and pastors uh, would be able to lead that charge? Why? And if so, why? And if not, why? Why would they not be able to lead that charge? I don't think they'd have the confidence for one thing. I don't think they'd have the the, the, the strength of resolve and a, and a clear enough conscience for the testimony to lead that kind of a charge. Okay. Didn't you just read me something out of Deuteronomy chapter 23? Oh, boy, did I? Well, what is it? 23-1, isn't it? Should I do that? I well, don't... I think so. Okay. No, we don't want to be salacious or for real. Well, we're not. No, this is, you, this you, is scripture. You, you can look that up later. Uh, you're quite salacious and for yeah, real. Yeah. Okay, that means we're not going to be we're not going to be dirty. No, 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 no. Right. But this is in scripture. That's there for a reason. And, and by the way, it's in the law books. It's in Deuteronomy, which means the second giving of the law. And it says in Deuteronomy twenty-three, verse one: "He that is wounded in the stones, gasp." That's in the Bible. Yes, it is. Or hath his privy member cut off? Is that in the Bible? I'm reading it. Deuteronomy 23. It says, He that hath his privy member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord Whoa. if you don't wow. have the equipment. Stay out of the pulpit. Oops. Strong. Strong, so, strong words. I know it is. So basically. Yeah, but I'm saying this knowing that straight is the way and narrow the path. That's right. And, and narrow is the gate. And few are there be that enter thereat. That, that scripture does more than intimate to me that in order to take the pastorship and be in the pulpit, you've got, I'm, listen, we're going to use the vernacular. You've got to have the stones for it. Okay, now wait a well, minute. That means sometimes speaking up and saying something that's not popular. And this passage, particular pastor that you just read from, this is talking about people being excluded from the congregation. That's right. This is this is just for being. Don't even let them in the church. That that, that you got to be in the church before you can actually get, uh, get mature that, enough to that, be in leadership. That, that's, right, that's right. These folks aren't even being allowed into fellowship. So we bypassed fellowship and just put them on, put them in charge. I mean, take. Take anybody off the street and put them well, up. Well, but here, see, believers today are more interested in fellowship than they are fellowship. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Now, you can't say that. I just you? did. <laughs> Aren't we trying to increase fellowship by allowing uh, uh, homosexuals and and, and uh, women pastors and things of that. Aren't we, we, aren't we trying to grow fellowship? Oh, and we can't preach such strong doctrine because of how it's going to affect our offerings on Sunday morning, Pastor. Yeah, oh, and by the way, guess how much money Curtis and I are making on this podcast? I have just broken $17 we've been in doing a year. This for, in we've a been, year. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing this for about 10 months now, and, and, 
and you would get a penny for every hit yeah. on the anchor platform yes. alone. Yeah. And so we have almost 2,000 hits. So we and he hasn't collected any of it. And I, you no, know, I haven't cashed out yet. Yeah. No, and, uh, and at your anniversary, you'll have enough for donuts for the three of us. <laughs> That's, there you go. Hey, I do have donuts for the three of us. I bought them. <laughs> but but we're now. By the way, I forgot you, to tell you. Here, here's laughing because you know what. Preaching and teaching the word of God is a whole lot of fun. Amen. Now, now you guys have heard me say this before, and this is one of my rules of teaching and preaching. If God said it, stand up and speak up. If God didn't say it, sit down and shut up. Amen. Come on, preachers. Amen. Maybe you're only giving your congregation milk because that's all you've got. And just to be clear, and I know that you men will agree with this, I'm a huge fan of strong preaching and teaching, and I love rigorous debate about the fundamental truths of the faith. But when I do run across a brother who still happens to be on milk, I'm very, very careful to make sure that I tone it down and make sure that I have established a relationship with him and he understands my intention is not to confront him. This is about a conversation, not confrontation. Right. Because if you don't understand these things the way that I do, Paul was clear, says, well, let's live up to the standard that we've already arrived at. Mm -hmm. And you did never take Jimmy's word for it. Go to the scriptures and seek it out yourself. And with that being said, we should assume that church leadership should be that is on the meat and not the milk. So with that being said, we need to take a quick break. Yeah, We're gonna close this segment. We'll be back for another half hour. Don't miss a second of it. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> 